0: Hey there and welcome to the latest episode of the Drinkable Globe podcast. I am your host, Jeff Cialetti, and we have a fun show for you today. I speak with Emily Pennington of Wine and Spirits Daily. Anytime any big news breaks in the wine and spirits industry, chances are you've heard it from Emily because she usually is the first to have the story. I always joke on social media that uh, anytime I see the logo for a Wine and Spirits Daily News Alert that it triggers me, and it kind of does because it's always like, oh fuck, who acquired whom now, what company is going belly up, you name it. So we talk about uh, Pittsburgh, where she lives now, a bit about Texas, where she's originally from, and we talk about some other destinations as well, like Portugal and uh, Napa, where she tends to go a lot. The acoustics are a little weird in this one. We had the conversation deep in the bowels of Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. We were there for the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America show. So we kind of sound like we're in a cave, but uh, no big deal.
1: Don't worry, I don't have any sound bites. So... (laughs) This is all all improv all the time.
0: So, um, well, hello. We are here with Emily Pennington of Wine and Spirits Daily. And um, we're going to talk about all sorts of wine and spirits related things because we are at the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America trade show and convention. And this is completely her wheelhouse so she is going to be spilling all the big scoops today yes, isn't she is,
1: <laughs> well it depends we don't have any alcohol in front of us but if we get some i might but haven't
0: you had enough today you haven't really been no, to work in really. the show yet. yeah i've been
1: busy i can't get too drunk before my interviews mm. that doesn't look good <laughs> um but yeah this is where i live uh, i i love this conference because distributors are our bread and butter mm. and they're I would probably say the majority of our readers. And so uh, I get a lot of recognition and a lot of people are like, hey, we read your stuff, it's great. And so I get a lovely little ego boost from from coming here. I'm going to go on cloud nine when I go home, and it sustains me throughout the summer. <laughs> and then
0: and then they have you on all the screens from your little Q&As that oh, you God. do and everything. Yeah,
1: it's theoretic. I do not do camera work, and uh, that makes me nervous but uh so theoretically it sounded wonderful and a lot of fun and then and then i come out today and they're showing all the videos of me and like everywhere i turn is a picture (laughs) of me and it's like i feel like i'm in the twilight zone but yeah it's cool
0: so uh you now live in pittsburgh yes yes love pittsburgh and we're going to talk about places to go in pittsburgh because i really want to hear it i feel like i really did not take full advantage of it when I was there a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and I really regret that. But I'm also, I only live like four hours away, so if <laughs> I ever really wanted to get back there, I would.
1: I am dying to have more industry people come to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, and, and I from that, I mean, there's a ton of restaurants, you know, uh, tours and new restaurants who are moving in from New York and D.C. So we, we have enough of those. But well, your husband's
0: open a restaurant, isn't he? He's working on it. Working I on mean, it. it's always
1: a long, um, grueling process that I try to stay out of because mm. it makes me too anxious and stressed. <laughs> um, but yes, that is the dream. That is, you know in general one of the main reasons why we moved there is because the restaurant industry was up and coming but it's still small enough to where we felt like we could make a difference with something that we wanted to do
0: and you were in texas before what part of Uh texas were you in
1: uh we were in san antonio for a long time but that's not san antonio never really felt like home to us we knew that we were not going to you know put down roots and you know stay there for a long time
0: but you're you're originally from Texas. Not no, not that part though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, I grew up outside of Dallas uh, in the suburbs, and then went to Austin for a few years, where I met my husband. Then we were in San Antonio for a while.
0: Cool. Yeah, I love Austin.
1: Mm-hmm. But anyways, back to Pittsburgh. All right,
0: let's get back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna want to get back to Austin too because we're we're kind of gonna hit both mm-hmm. notes. But I figured maybe you might have. I mean, I'm not sure which one you're going to have more to say about because you probably spent more time there. You've only been in Pittsburgh, what, two years now? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, you know, in in truth, you know, one of the things that we liked a lot about Pittsburgh was that it reminded us of Austin, which was where we met and fell in love. And, you know, we loved living there. The only reason we left is because we wanted to try something new, you know. And, and so Pittsburgh has a really... Uh, Fantastic arts and culture community for how small the city is. There, I mean, there is no reason that it should house. Well, Andy Warhol is from there. Yeah, right. I mean, that house we have the Warhol Museum, um, which I highly recommend for anybody who comes to visit. Uh, You know, it has a really great sense of community, and that everyone who lives there uh, I mean, I know that's a gross (laughs) exaggeration, but it feels like Everyone who lives there really wants it to be a successful city and to grow and to um, flourish. And that was one of the things that drew us to it, for sure, aside from the you know, great restaurant industry.
0: How, what about the, the climate difference? Was that a, <laughs> a tough adjustment?
1: <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not that bad because you think it's bad when you live in Texas because you don't have the right attire. You know, if you go and visit somewhere cold, you're like, this is awful. But that's because I never owned uh, gloves or, you know, like I never owned beanies or earmuffs or anything like that. Or like even those like heavy jackets with the down in them. I've never had any of that stuff. So when you know that you're going to need that stuff and you have it, the transition is easier. Um, All right. So when you're prepared. So I, I truly have not, it has not been that bad. I just miss the sun yeah, <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh is pretty dark during the winter, and so that wears on me a little bit because I work and I write from home every day. in in the In the dark depths of winter, it's it's dark. Um, you know, at night it starts getting. I'm when I'm done with work at like between four and five. It's already the sun starting to go down. Yeah, um, that's, so that's, that's
0: cold winter. Yeah, <laughs> see, see,
1: that's average. Thank you. Uh,
0: well, it's not like um, you go to like I, I think where was I like budapest several years ago mm-hmm. and it's it's like 3:30 and it's getting dark i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> and this was november this wasn't yeah, even rough. the middle of winter you know it was just yeah, yeah. That, that was that was like we would have like four hours of sunlight that day or something mm-hmm. it was nuts
1: i keep saying i'm gonna get one of those uv therapy lamps <laughs> <laughs> um, but i don't know anyone who has one and i have not pulled the trigger yet but maybe next year
0: by the way, it's it's you, you can't hear it because I'm, I'm listening through through these these headphones, <laughs> but it really sounds like we're in a cave. This room, <laughs> oh, no. the the acoustics. <laughs> well, we're in just just uh, for those listening at home. We're we're in a what do you call this? Like a conference room at a, yeah. like a, a at Caesars. So you got these really high ceilings, and I'm surprised that the um, the carpeting doesn't really absorb more of it. But
1: well, for really we kind of are in a cave. Mm. We're like at the center of the heart of Caesars. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, for all intents and purposes, this might as well be a cave. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm a dive bar kind of girl. I'm not a coastal elite.
0: But are you a real dive bar or are yes. you like a hipster dive bar? No,
1: no, 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 no. My husband and I have been dive bar people like since we met. Mm. Um, we have. so one of my all time favorite stories. <laughs> um, my husband and I, uh, when we were dating, like I said, spent a lot of time in dive bars. We play pool, we play darts. And uh, he was a pitcher in college um, for a baseball team. And. Uh, <laughs> one really this is how I always tell him I knew that you know I loved him is that we were playing darts one day like all afternoon and uh I was like I stood against the dartboard and I was like throw that dart over my head <laughs> 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 and we were just screwing around and he was like okay and he did it, it. um uh, and it was amazing. I mean, it's not like he hit the bullseye or anything, but he hit the board over my head and it was like less than, you know, seven, seven or eight inches. Um, so that's, okay. So I love that story. <laughs> he didn't kill you, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Didn't take um, so obviously I just, like, trusted him with my life at that point. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we like the no fuss, no muss kind of places oh, where, yeah, like, I mean, they don't care about you at all.
0: I, well, oh. I, th- I think most people, I, I would think most people in the industry are sort of like that the people yeah. on the front lines. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that I, you know, we, we can kind of start going after mixologists if we want a little bit. I mean, I know a lot of them are <laughs> going to be a list. I don't, don't get me wrong. I think there are a lot of amazing bartenders. And I, I love the concept. I love how they've elevated the cocktail. I love how um, how professional the, mm-hmm. you know, the industry has become. However... I think there there is... Just like in any industry, there's a lot of pretension. And I'm not going to name any names of bars, but there is one bar in D.C. <laughs> that I was like, okay, I, this is too much for me. Ordered a cocktail. It's like one of the, the really shishi places. I'm looking at the list. So like, There's nothing that's really appealing to me because I always just look at what the ingredients are. And it's like, I don't love that. I don't love that. I'm not... And also, I, I'm not the hugest tequila person either. So it's like... Everyone's gaga over to him as called these days, and it's like, <laughs> I want something without that because I'm just not crazy about agave. And, um, I mean, it's, it's an amazing heritage. It's an amazing spirit in its own right. I get what's in it. It's just not my favorite spirit. So, um, so I'm always looking, and I always find, like, one or two things that the ingredients, okay, that one's got whiskey. It's got some brandy in it. Great, I'll have that. Um, so the guy comes out. Serves me the drink. I pick it up. About the drink, he's like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait!" I'm like, "What do you mean, wait?" It's like, "No, we got to put the finishing touch on." And he takes out this sort of old school perfume. Oh yeah. Thing and he sprays Shalimar on it. I'm like, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding me?"
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm not anti-mixologist by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and- neither am I. I don't want anyone to think I yeah. am
0: either. I don't want to lose audience members before I get them. I just, I just, I I just. As I'm getting more into that part of the business, you know, I've made some friends who are amazing mixologists. I've had people work as consultants with me on my books and stuff like that because I always have my go-to cocktail people. But again, then you get the people that are like, I don't know, it's just too much. They're too theatrical, and I don't really seem to be authentic. And I'm thought that that's what it's yeah. about these days yes. is authenticity. So yeah so i'm uh, sorry i interrupted what you were
1: you saying no no that's okay i was saying i certainly did not want to imply that because i love dive bars i don't you know i i, I don't want to go to a nice classy cocktail bar or where a mixologist is taking something off like that's great too it's just um not where we you know spend most of our most of our time um with that said you go broke if that's there, where you spend most of your time right, right i mean there are people who do but those people are not writers. Or they get, or if they are writers, they get it for free. Yeah, I guess maybe. yeah,
0: but I mean, because you're going to spend um, more than twice as much if you keep going for the same quality cocktail. Gonna... Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but you know, with that said, Pittsburgh has some really outstanding uh, cocktail bars that you know I I think definitely deserve more recognition.
0: Pittsburgh, obviously, historically is you know the rye whiskey mm-hmm. capital of of the world I guess you would say <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah we'd like to think that
0: um, has um, Pittsburgh sort of owned that now is that sort of coming part of the culture your old history your heritage and
1: you know I I don't think as as a city we have uh, played that up no no as a group I, I don't see that as much you know um, and, and I mean it maybe it could be that um, When when you talk to, you know, publications that are going to be read by a national audience, Mm -hmm. then that's when, you know, that gets kind of played up. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, as a city, I don't see, you know, I don't see that being the central theme of, you know, a cocktail menu or even Mm. marketing of our, our cocktail
0: culture. But I would like to see that region sort of become the Kentucky of the East. You know, that's, mm-hmm. is that too much wishful well, thinking?
1: No, no. Okay. So I, I will say, I will give credit to um, Meredith Grelly yeah. at, at Wiggle Whiskey. I think she has done a tremendous amount of education. Oh, amazing. And yeah. so, so if anyone is beating that drum, it is certainly Wiggle. Yeah. Um, and I, I think at one point... They were um, talking about trying to get a, you know, whiskey museum in the area. Oh, that really? Would, yeah. They, I mean, I don't know where they are in that process or if that can come to fruition, but they they were on the same page as you, for sure. They um, wanted to spread that message. And so, you know, I, and I could be, honestly, I could be entirely wrong because I am not the final word on this because, you know... In my job, I spend a lot of time writing about the nationwide trends as a whole. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: so, you know, Pittsburgh, You're not writing
0: travel articles or yeah, anything. Yeah, it's
1: not my focus. So yeah. there could be one of those five listeners, could be from Pittsburgh, <laughs> and they could call and say, you're totally wrong about this. So don't, you know, my word is not gospel on this, um, but that's just anecdotal observation on my end. Um, but yeah, so so maybe, you know, you said... Give it a few years. Could could we see that? Yeah, probably, because I don't think Meredith um, and Wiggle has really ever let up on that messaging.
0: You know, when when I travel anywhere, I'm very, I really want to be tied to the place I'm going. I mean, i don't go wrong, I love going to cocktail bars in different parts of the country or even the world. But one thing that kind of makes me sad is that they're they're just mixing ingredients from other places.
1: So you're saying you'd like to see localized bar industries embracing the city's sort of heritage, right? Yeah. The way brands do, basically. But it's also, but, but at
0: the same time, I get it. I mean, economically, right. I, I'm speaking from the point of view of an international beverage geek where, yeah. you know, I, that's what I go for, you know, I go to mm-hmm. when I go to Amsterdam. I found this great Geneva bar and I'll go there and, mm-hmm. and, and then some of the cocktail bars like one of them actually uses Geneva and some of the cocktails, so I'll go there. But um, I, I want like I want to speed up the renaissance of some of these spirits <laughs> because I really want there to be more options to really experience yeah. the local flavor. And like something you can't get anywhere else or something that really says this is where you are. I like to yeah. get a sense of place in my glass. That's I don't totally I don't,
1: the travel writer in you. Well <laughs> I
0: guess that's the I and guess it's, Yeah. So
1: so obviously um, it, it seems like when you travel to new places, one of the ways that you feel like you understand life there is by eating and drinking the local
0: Yeah, um, well that's that's how I travel. Yeah. You know, that's that's usually what um you get to the point when you're traveling somewhere you try to do everything, you try to squeeze in all the things you're supposed to see and you just can't do it. But I feel like I can get a good flavor of a place Mm -hmm. if I spend most of my time just eating and drinking. Yeah. And I'll, I'll hit, you know, like obviously if there's a landmark or something, there's a really famous museum you're supposed to check out, I'll do that and you know, whatnot. And I uh, feel
1: like when you travel, the jackpot is if you meet someone and they take you into their home. Yes, (laughs) no, no, it's true. (laughs) um, Which, I mean, obviously very rarely happens, but occasionally, and that's
0: just. What what's sort of are you, your objectives like when you when you travel, especially when you travel for business? I mean, do you try to set time aside to explore a little bit, or do you have the time to do it? Or?
1: It it depends. Um, you know, if I have a very very busy conference, obviously, you know, like this one, I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. Well, it's Vegas. It's um, not one, really. <laughs> Everybody keeps saying that Off the Strip is fabulous, but I never have time when I come it's here for It's fine, and, all,
0: and this, believe me, you're going to be here so many more times <laughs> that eventually... Would you find your one or two favorite restaurants and have mm-hmm. something to look forward to when you're here? Treat yourself to, you know, a dinner. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things to do is eat alone once, you know, just to kind yeah. of like...
1: Oh, my gosh, I love eating alone. Yeah. I mean... It, it takes a little. While. When you first start traveling, it takes a little while not to feel like super lonely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but now I've gotten to a point where I just embrace it, um, and it's kind of like a zen um, for me. Oh, it's yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. totally
0: great because it's like you know. I mean, also we we have smartphones and I guess it's made it a little easier to <laughs> eat alone. That's true. Because I remember when I when I first started traveling, even even then, but when I first tra- started traveling for business, like there were no smartphones, and it was like. Um, and I was, I was self-conscious initially then. And it was probably because I was single more than the fact that I was mm-hmm. alone because you really do feel alone when you're completely That's single on your eating alone. But, you know, I'm perfectly happy <laughs> eating alone because I've got a wife at home and we yeah. eat together all the time. And once in a while it's nice to just yeah. kind of not have to... Um, decide by committee where you're going to eat, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. And, um, but I don't know where I was going with that thing.
1: Well, we were talking about if I try to plan out some things to do when I oh, travel. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of times what I'll do is, you know, most of our travel is oriented for Conferences or festivals where I can get content out of them. Yeah, um, for sure And so that means that like I I don't get to do a lot of just market visits where I just go hit up all the craft distillers So honestly, it's a little bit of you know Kismet when I get to if because there's a lot of conferences that move around which is great. Yeah yeah. i I like that about you know, both ACSA and ADI is that they pick um, new markets every year and so usually I'll build in um, a day or two to try to hit you know, a bunch of the local distilleries um, and get recommendations from them on where to go usually. Usually I rely on um, people that I meet local um, for for places to go. I always get really excited whenever there's, you know, there's a couple of places that I go a lot for work, right? New York, San Francisco, Napa. Um, Florida oh you were just
0: in Napa recently were you yeah well Sonoma Sonoma Sonoma. Sonoma. Sonoma
1: County Um, yeah but there I love when I have like my go to places for me when I travel and then I either go there um, for vacation or visit with a friend or if I have you know a friend or family that's going there themselves and I love being like oh my gosh you have to go to this place Um, or I have to show you this place because I've been in here alone (laughs) for the past five years I gotta share this with someone um, so there's a few places like that spread out around the country that I love.
0: Cool. Do you, mm-hmm. do you have any, any specifics you want to talk about, like, like some of the places you go to regularly, um, if you could pick like whether it's Napa or somewhere else, like what are some of the places you go to drink and some of the places you go to eat and whether they're both for yeah. both or whatever?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, so yes, I spend a lot of time in Napa and when I go there, I love um, Bounty Hunter Barbecue. Um, because it's a barbecue joint with a phenomenal wine yeah. list. Um, and they, being from Texas, I barbecue and seafood are my two favorite foods, and um, I think that barbecue is great.
0: It's probably also the only place you're going to go where you're going to have a big wine list with barbecue, because <laughs> anywhere else in the country, yes. you'll have a Does bourbon. There'll be beer and bourbon, basically, is where you go with barbecue. But mm-hmm. um, but it's it's pretty interesting that, that obviously, yep. it's wine country, so what else are they going to have?
1: Yep um and then uh i think it's called gotts roadside diner Mm -hmm. fabulous burgers um in napa so i always send people in those two places um i like a lot of red meat
0: you're from texas
1: yeah um not to live up to that stereotype too much but i (laughs) do um so i eat a lot of i eat a lot of burgers um but so that's in napa um where else do I do I really like around the country um in when I go to New York I really dig ABC Kitchen
0: mm-hmm. um that's one. I don't one think I th- I've been there
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just you know fancy gastropub pub oh, okay. type thing whenever I go to New York I just set up you know a bunch of meetings with people I don't see all the time so I always try to get one in, into ABC Kitchen
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh let's see do
0: you have any any favorite bars in New York
1: uh, oh, my God. I always try to try something new in New York. Oh, yeah? Um, because there are so many. Um,
0: What's overrated in um, New York?
1: I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> What's underrated, then? Um, have I been to anything that's underrated? I don't know. No. I, I don't think I've been to anything that I would call underrated. Okay. Um, I, you know, and... For, for New York, I, I don't, I don't spend, uh, I, I I just don't, I don't spend as much time there, um, eating and drinking and, you know, exploring the food scene. I mean, it's not, it's usually, you know, business dinners and, um, lunch meetings. So it's
0: wherever they want to go, really. Yes, Yes.
1: exactly. (laughs) Thank you. That's what I was trying to get at. Um, so yeah and and i have a lot of friends in new york too that i you know i'm like i'll just you just pick place i'll trust you i'll meet you there um because it's so overwhelming Mm. when you don't live there um and so yeah i I, you know there's not a lot of places that i go twice (laughs) in new york um
0: and so when you get back to texas you get back to texas a lot usually
1: i've been going two years and I could probably go back about twice a year.
0: Okay. Probably. And now are you going are You going to where you grew up or are you going to, like, San Antonio?
1: Uh, usually I go to Dallas. My folks still live there.
0: Okay. And um, do you have any favorite places there? Is that, I mean, have you witnessed that sort of market evolve at all? And
1: I have, but it's really been from afar. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a really uh, small-town suburb, and, you know, when I... Went to college. I turned 17. and went to college, and I was like, I'm never fucking coming back here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did not. <laughs> so I've never really lived there when I was 21. Yeah. And and so, but I have a lot of friends who ended up going into the restaurant industry in Dallas, and so I've watched it through through them. And mm. um, I keep in contact. One of my buddies, um, Ian Riley, has run a bunch of a bunch of really good bars there, and he was working at the Jewel, which is a fantastic um, cocktail program, mm. hotel downtown. And, um, I think now he's brand investor for great goose. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of, he's, he's how I keep abreast of what's happening in Dallas.
0: And um, now, and you've been to the tails a few times and you said you're not going this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, did you, did you develop any favorite haunts while you were there? Or was it just oh, the, we're yes. having an event. Yes.
1: Okay. So that is another town okay. where I do have a new Orleans. Of actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I loved Shia. Um, have you ever been there? No, I don't think so. Okay, so Shia is um, Israeli cuisine.
0: Oh, really? Mm
1: mm-hmm. hmm. And yeah, it, and a friend of mine, was, you know, said, like, We have to go there, we have to go there. And I was like, Really? Israeli really food in New Orleans. Like, are you sure that's what you want to do? She's like, yes, yes, yes. It's really good. It's so Creole I went,
0: Israeli fusion. Kind, of <laughs> really little.
1: I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it quite fusion, mm-hmm. but maybe a couple of influences. Okay. I would say. Uh, but but so we went, and it was one of my top, you know, all time favorite meals. And I thought about that restaurant for a year afterwards. Oh wow! And so I, yeah, and that doesn't happen to me that often. You know, um, to where I'm thinking about a, a restaurant or a meal months, 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 and months later. Uh, so yeah, I really, I really like Shaya. I highly recommend it. Um, but I, I think they it, I, it might be going through some growing pains, though, if I um. remember correctly. Um, and I, I, I think the gentleman who started it was a chef, and he. Don't want to spread rumors, but I feel it. Like, I feel like he parted ways with the company. Oh, um, I feel like I read that on the internet somewhere. Okay, um, but maybe fact check that. <laughs> that's right. It's fine.
0: Um, and any any particular bars there? Is it just the usual places when you're there? Uh, I mean, I guess you're probably. That's the thing, though. You you go for tales, You the last thing you want to do is drink more. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I I really like DBAs. On oh yeah, yeah. They
0: did the um, the bottle share thing there every year with mm-hmm. the whole group.
1: I did. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite um, events. A, yeah, a it's tales. fun. Yeah.
0: So we got to get back to Pittsburgh. Okay. That that was. Yeah.
1: That, <laughs> the theme of this episode is supposed to be Pittsburgh.
0: Well, no, no. <laughs> it is the the traveling life of Emily Pennington. So it's <laughs> sort of that encompasses anywhere. I mean, anywhere internationally. You want to talk about that? You? I think didn't you tell me you went to to Portugal?
1: Oh my god, I loved Portugal. Uh, did yes. you? Now, what
0: were your sort of like culinary slash, um, what's the word for drinking that's the equivalent of culinary? So, is there a term? Imbibery. Uh, imbi- I like it, <laughs> yeah. Imbibery. What are your gustatory oh. like memories from.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> well, this is not food related, but one of my favorite things is um, people kept offering us drugs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And we would just be sitting at a table and someone would come by and ask us if we wanted to buy marijuana or cocaine. And we started, it started to like get to us after after a while, we were like, do we look like the type of people who want hard drugs? <laughs> like, why do people keep asking us this? And then come to find out, we get home and like, apparently all drugs are legal in Portugal. Seriously? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Now I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> we don't look like a seedy bunch. <laughs> uh, but anyways, no. So, uh... I am a huge. My go-to liquor is gin. Yeah. Um, I'm a big gin fan, and I loved the gin culture in, in Portugal. And uh, it's very, as I understand, it's very similar to Spain, right? It's served in the big goblets. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get really good tonic that you don't, you know. I mean,
0: tonic is a big part of it, and I think that I've, people are starting to finally mm-hmm. appreciate
1: I think, that. I think tonic is why Americans hate gin. No, I <laughs> that I, I
0: will. It's it's funny that you said that because my wife, for her entire drinking life, thought she hated gin, mm-hmm. and then you know she must have tasted something that I had, um, and she's like, oh. And then she tasted a few others. She's like, you know what? I just hate tonic. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And so in in Portugal, we were mostly in Lisbon, mm. um, but we actually were crazy, and we decided to rent a car. So we rented a car and drove down to the tip of Spain, so that we could go to Morocco for a few days. Oh yeah. Which was an incredible experience. But uh, driving there is kind of a, you know insane, as it is the most. <laughs> countries yeah yeah it's it's uh you know when you don't understand the language and the laws mm. but anyways we, we got through it just fine um but uh you know and in the gin there served in the big goblets they have mm. good tonic and they have they i like they had sort of flavored tonics and in cocktails and and whatnot and uh my favorite place we went was again bringing it back to red meat was this burger bar that all they had was gins on the wall and they probably had a hundred gins and it wasn't even like that wasn't even their selling point (laughs) that's crazy Uh, yeah and it was so i really really liked that about it
0: do you Um, think we're ever going to get a gin culture here because i I think it's i'm starting to see a little bit but um where do you think everyone's just going to be trying no i think so because
1: i think so because um gin is different than it used to be one the flavor profiles of gins are different and they're all across the board Yeah, yeah right um and two like you said we're starting to get better tonics we got fever tree and um some of the others that are that are doing the lord's work with that tonic and so i i think we can i do i think it can be as big as uh whiskey probably not
0: no no um
1: but i i think it could it could have uh, a better following than it does now.
0: You know, I'm a, a fairly recent convert to gin—probably maybe four years now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I wasn't because I still had some bad memories of bad gin from my 20s, and mm-hmm. I'm sort of like and everybody has that yeah. with
1: gin. Uh, who is of a certain age, I think.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm I'm dating myself here, but I mean, mm-hmm. I. I I drank gin before Hendrix was a thing. Mm-hmm. You know Hendrix what was it? 9899 that came yeah. around and I was I was drinking I mean gin and tonics like in my post college years. I was like, "Okay, I am an adult now. I got to stop drinking cheap beer <laughs> and I need what's a grown-up drink." So it was <laughs> like I just ordered a gin and tonic everywhere I went. I knew nothing about gin. I couldn't tell you what the difference between gin and vodka was. And um and this was long before I had any connection to this industry you know, that was the thing, and it was, that's what I would get, and it was just, like, it wasn't good, Mm -hmm. um, it was watered down all the time, but anyway, it was just, um, so, I, I was still, and I think a lot of people, like, especially Gen Xers, I think that that's what our, sort of, connection is to, um, to gin, It's like, it, it took some convincing that, wow, people are actually making good gin now, I mean, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that I finally saw the light, because it is, you know, you know. I'm now I'm making an annual trip to, to London just for gin. Mm-hmm. So and yeah,
1: and my my tastes in general skew more towards like savory and spicy mm-hmm. and herbaceous. So I like rye and scotch and um, mezcal as opposed to the spirits that skew a little bit more sweet. Um, so that's why gin is right up my alley.
0: Um, let's get back to Pittsburgh because like, mm-hmm. we've already been talking for an hour. And <laughs> yeah,
1: I do actually. You know,
0: what, time are you, what time is What's your heart out? Uh, 5.30. What time is it now? 5.15. Okay, let's just quick, let's talk about okay. your favorite places in, in, in uh, where do you live? In Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, my favorite places to go in Pittsburgh. So the thing to know about Pittsburgh is if you're thinking about visiting is, you know, is it up and coming? Yes. Do we have some very incredible um chefs and restaurants and bars yes but i still think we haven't hit that turning point to where it's easy to find them on your own mm. i think pittsburgh is a town where you it, you really benefit from um a either doing your homework because you can find these places on the you know um local rags uh, but or really you know knowing someone and, and being told where to go, mm. um, for sure. And so my my favorite places um, that I either go to regularly or recommend to people um, are uh, for for bars and what I call nibbles, um, is Bar Marco. It, it's bar Marco. just, uh, it's a small little bistro style, um, kind of tapas bar.
0: Mm,
1: okay. um, I, you know, I wouldn't go there and get a huge full meal. Um, but they do great cocktails. Um, and they're one, they're on that um, no tipping experiment. Oh, which really? It seems to be working out for them. Oh, cool. um, they've been around for a while. So I like Bar Marco a lot. Uh, I really like. Um, oh, I got to give you a dive bar because you already talked about how much I like it. Oh, diet
0: yeah, bars. yeah.
1: Um, so I really like a place called Squirrel Hill Cafe. Squirrel Hill. Uh huh. It's in the neighborhood of Squirrel Hill, and there's a great every neighborhood has their own little strip. Mm. Um, there are There's not a lot of places where there's some giant retail areas in yeah. Pittsburgh because um, it's a pretty densely packed city. So every neighborhood has their own little little strip.
0: So it sort of is it retains sort of that um, kind of steel town working class dive bar kind of vibe? of those like some of these mm-hmm. old heritage places that still mm-hmm. exist.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely uh and i also like and usually recommend um i it's kind of on the nose, but morcia uh is uh a, a really good restaurant mm-hmm. that's gotten you know nationwide recognition i feel like it might have won a james beard oh, okay. uh award but uh but it it's it spanish tapas food uh Let's see if you if just for drinks. Well, there's a there's a great place called Allegheny Wine Mixer mm. that I like a lot. Uh, it has both good wine and cocktails, which is rare to find in Pittsburgh because the wine industry is pretty underdeveloped. I oh. would say. Um, and but it's it's one of the uh, best of both worlds, and they they also have small small kind of snack bites, but. Um, they're kind of overpriced, but don't tell them I said that. (laughs) So I recommend that for just, if you just want to drink, Mm -hmm. that's where I recommend going.
0: Now, is there, Um, is there a quintessential Pittsburgh dish?
1: Yeah, it's, um, either pierogies.
0: Oh, you had a big Polish population?
1: A lot of, at once upon a time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah, and there's you know polish hill in pittsburgh oh, okay. so certainly um there is some tradition there uh but it would be pierogies or the the other weird thing that we're known for is like putting fries on everything
0: like on sandwiches <laughs> which and is, stuff
1: yeah like and salads which and is pasta? kind of a gimmick <laughs> yeah really yeah it's <laughs> dumb but it's it's a thing that we're that we're known for um but i i don't really don't worry about that don't, i don't recommend that um, but, but people you should
0: try it. I mean, it's, it's local culture. Uh, but you know I'm you sure they of, do it in Idaho, too. But the thing <laughs> is, is
1: like, I think it's for tourists. Like, oh, I don't know oh, anyone yeah. I don't know anyone who is like, oh, yeah, let's go get a salad with fries on it. Like, when yeah. I got with my friends, that's not what we're eating. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I think it's available because it's kitschy. And well, it's like going to
0: Philly. Like, no one's really going out and getting cheesesteaks too the time. much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly like that. Uh, so I would say pierogies is probably a lot more.
0: Okay, so um, tell us where we can find you all over social media and whatnot.
1: All right. You can find me. I run a trade publication called Wine and Spirits Daily, which you can find at wineandspiritsdaily.com. For my social media, I have kind of a mix of (laughs) personal and um, professional. If you want to see what I do in my boring home life... Um, with a bunch of my dogs and my husband and you I mean, you'll get to see what Pittsburgh looks like. Uh, you can follow my Instagram on ER Pennington. Um, but if you want to keep up with more industry news, um, and what's happening, uh, I would say Twitter mm. is when I mean, you get some, a lot of my snarky commentary <laughs> mixed in with it. Uh, and that is, uh, wine spirit daily <laughs> there is no end. No. yeah yeah and there's no s no on s spirits on spirit. uh because it was too long when when they made it I, that was created before before my time but that's the best they could do
0: <laughs> well cool i thank you so much for doing this i mean i, I know we took longer than i said we were going to take but um mm-hmm. but yeah it's always great running into you um and uh, i'll probably see you at the next thing and uh as for me you can find me at all the usual places you know jeff cialetti on Twitter drinkable globe on Instagram and remember the world is out there drink it up the drinkable of-